0: This is the Austin Life Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at austinlifechurch.com. Uh, hey, good to see you all. What a, what a crew today. This is exciting. Let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Could you just sense a different energy yeah. today? Yeah, yeah right? Like just, I love it. I love, um, there's just, it just matters. Like your, your presence, you matter. You matter here. Um, so if no one's told you that recently, uh, you, you matter. I love you being here. So th- thanks for being here. Uh, my name is Corey. If I haven't met you, I'm one of the pastors. Uh, today we are wrapping up 1 John. So we'll be at the end of chapter five. Some excitement there. I'm not sure if that's like, again, like excited for, excited for where we're going. Perfect. Yes, there we go. Yeah, so next week uh, we will knock out the entire book of 2 John and if you're like, oh no, that's a lot, fear not. It is half a page long. Um, It is one chapter of verse 13. It's always weird to like reference it when you're like 2 John 14. Sorry, there's not a 14. 12. You're like, what chapter? It's just the one chapter, right? Like it's always interesting, right? So 2 John, we'll knock out 2 John next week, the week after that. 3 John, also another half pager. Uh, so we'll, we'll get two books of the Bible, entire books of the Bible, in two weeks. That's impressive. Um, and then on the backside of spring break, uh, my buddy Jermaine will be here to preach. If you remember Jermaine, uh, he's one of my best friends from Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, and so they're, they're, uh, 121 students, we came from 121 Church, they will be here as well. Um, last I heard, they're going to do a lot of the heavy lifting of setup and tear down and kids and stuff like that. And so Jermaine's uh, going to preach. And then uh, on the 26th, we'll begin our series called God's Design, um, and it's it's really, I, I don't know the rest of it, like God's Design for Sexuality and Relationships, uh, God's Design for Human Thriving, I don't know what to call it exactly, um, but we're just going to jump into, okay God, what what's your design, right? If we are submitting ourselves to God and his, his word, okay, what's what's your design for sexuality, for relationships, for gender, um, for, for for how we do this together, um, I'm I'm a little nervous, uh, to be honest. Right? Um, it, it is a it's a hot topic conversation for sure. Um, but but I'm also nervous because I mean I've, I've, I'm re- I'm reading a lot and I'm listening to a lot, and, and you'll find literally people that land on both sides of the spectrum from whatever approach, like conservative, not conservative, whatever. Both sides of the spectrum, and so I'm like, okay, cool, great. So um, it's not black and white, uh, and, and so. I, what, what I'm most excited about, I think, in it is creating a safe place to have those conversations, right? Like, like I, the church needs to be a safe place to have those conversations. Um, we, we oftentimes say, oh dear me, um, that it's, it's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay there. Um, right. It, it's okay to, to not be okay. It's okay to be honest. It's okay to have parts of our lives that we're like, I'd really rather not have that part of my life. Or I'd rather, really rather not share that. Um, but, but we all have that, every single one of us. Every single one of us has those parts of our lives. And if it hasn't happened yet, the day is coming when we will have that, right? Um, and and the, the devil wants that to be an obstacle, a roadblock to our growth. Um, we really want to see thriving and freedom through those challenges and through those obstacles. Uh, and we believe part of that happens in, in having a safe place to talk about it, being honest and open. Um, and so I- I'm excited just to have that conversation uh, with everybody and to um, try to be a part of the solution and rechanging the narrative where it's, it's okay to, to have a conversation. It's okay to even disagree. It's okay for us to end up on different sides and still love each other and care for each other as valuable human beings. Uh, and so... Um, I'm excited to to have that series uh, that'll start March 26th and the last I checked go into June um, and so uh, if you miss any of those weeks or if you're like hey I'm in college and I'm leaving you for the summer um, cool fine whatever uh, you can podcast it or whatever um, so anyways first uh, John chapter 5 we're going to end it today uh, verses 13 through 21 um, I, I was, not, was not overly excited for this sermon um, because in part, I, I was just really tired this week. My brain was like, hey, you're not gonna think anymore. Um, have you ever hit that wall? We're literally like, I can't put together a thought anymore. Um, you're trying, but your brain is legit tired. Um, so that happened. But then also, I just, personally, I struggle with some of this. Um, you know, it talks about prayer. And, and what, whatever you ask in his will, like he will give you. And, and prayer is a tough, a tough one for me. Cause I'm like, all right, what, like, what, what actually does my prayer matter? Like, does it really? Or, or God, are you gonna do this anyways? You know, so like, I struggle with prayer. Like, I, I still, don't, I don't fully get it. Um, and then it talks about how Jesus is like protecting us, and even in this, these song lyrics, right? Like, faith is tough sometimes. Like, it's a lot easier for me to believe this is here, right? Um, faith is hard, and, and so I just struggle personally with some of those, those ideas and the truths of Scripture. Um, and and i only tell you that because I don't think I'm the only one that struggles with parts of the Bible. And, and I just want you to know it's okay. Like, it's okay to not have all the answers. It's okay to be a work in progress. It's okay to be like, okay, this did not make sense to me. Um, and, and, and for that to even be a journey, uh, that, that's all right. Uh, and so um, we're going we're gonna to keep just moving forward together. All right, so I wanna, I'm just want to pray over our time in the Word um, and really um, ask the Holy Spirit to, to speak to us through uh, His Scripture because uh, that's the only voice that we need to hear, honestly. So um, would, you, would you pray with me? And if you're willing, in your own words, in your mind, in your heart, would you ask God to speak to you through his word? Father, I'm asking you to speak through me to your church, that we would hear your voice, and that we would know uh, your will for us. In the name of Jesus, we pray, we ask, we believe. Amen. Um, $21 billion. I was with a B. Anyone know what that number is associated with? I realize there's zero context, right? You're like, I don't know, wild guess. Somebody say something? Bezos, I think he's more than that. I think he's like in the hundreds of billions, which is silly, like what do you, how do you even know? Like you could give me a billion and not even know, honestly, gracious. Um, Nope, nope, not Bezos, 21 billion. What's that connected to? Anybody else? Wild guess, come on. My net worth, close, close. We're in the upper teens right now, Um, upper teens. So you're close, Jared, yep. People on earth? What is our number now? Eight billion? Eight, nine? Somebody check the world population thing. It's constantly changing. 21 billion. Okay, you ready? The amount of money presently in America unused on gift cards. 21 billion dollars, y'all. Whoever was like, hey, hey, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna create these plastic debit card gift cards because because people will get down to 34 cents and be like, ah, oh, whatever. 34 cents times I don't know how many million. Whoo, we're just gonna make free money here, y'all. Brilliant. It's brilliant for their end. Drives me nuts though. Like I hate it. I'm like, okay, I feel like once it's below five dollars, you should just give me cash back. We already paid for this. Just give me the darn cash back because I'm I'm not gonna keep up with it. But I mean honestly, if it's me. Like I'll have a whole gift card untouched. I'm terrible at using gift cards. Stephanie knows we're like how long has this been here three years? Um, like got, anyone else ever had one just straight expire because you didn't use it? No, okay, so there's a few of y'all here like me. yeah, i'm just terrible with it i, I just I just forget so so if I gave you let's say that on our way out, Brandon, hey Brandon, good to see you, buddy, um, handed everybody a two hundred dollar visa gift card, right It's paid for, you got two hundred dollars. Cash, but it's not really cash, it's on a card, you know? Like, h- how many of you would, would use that, would spend that? Show of hands. Great, okay, the majority. There's a few of you not, and I'm starting to question, like, that's $200, just free money, right? But how silly is it when, when, it's, when we don't spend it, right? When, when, when the gift has been purchased, the gift card's been given, and, and, like, for myself, it's silly. It's just silly. It's silly. Like, use the gift card, dadgummit, right how silly is that to to have the gift purchased and then to not like enjoy it to not to not live in it you know where we're going you know where we're going Laura come on I love that I love interaction like it gets me going I'm gonna need a towel here in a second I'm already getting toasty shoot turn the air down yes so John's point the book of first John if you're like what's first John about Someone wants to ask you, pop quiz, go what's First John about? First John was written that you and I would know that we have eternal life in Jesus and that we would live it. that, that we would know that we have the gift already paid for, already purchased, already given of eternal life in Jesus, and that in this day, today, we would not just put it in a drawer to hopefully cash out later, but that we would live that eternal life. If, if this is true, if the Bible is, is true, which, which I believe it is, as a church, we believe it is, but, but if it's true, how silly would it be for us to have the, the gift of eternal life and, and to not live in that reality, to not live in that freedom, to not live in that joy, but to live as if, you know, maybe one day somehow, some way, there and then. Th- that's, not, that's not why John wrote us this. A $200 Visa gift card unused is silly. Not living in the eternal life, the fullness of life that Jesus came to bring us is mind-boggling. It, it, should, it should baffle us. John wrote this, that we would know that we have eternal life in Jesus and that we would live it. Verse 13, that's, that's his summary, right? He, he talks about it in chapter one. He ends it here in verse 13. It's the bookend of the book. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, who believe in the name of Jesus, that you may know that you have eternal life. That you have it. Not that you'll get it one day when you get to heaven, but that you have eternal life. The fullness of life. Jesus wrote in John chapter 10, right? That that he came that we would have life and have it abundantly. Have life and have it abundantly. Not, Not get, not future tense, present tense. Live in the fullness of life. Jesus came and gave everything that that if we so choose to believe in him, we would have this life. That we would live in this fullness of life. How, how absurd would it be not to? And not only absurd for us, but, but how insulting would it be to the giver of the gift to, to not live in the fullness of life? That's kinda challenged me a lot. Right, when I'm, when I'm in a spot and I'm like, okay, th- this cannot be abundant life. And it's like, okay, yeah, A, that's, sucks for me, but B, how insulting to the purchaser, the the giver of said eternal life. John writes this entire book that we would know that we have eternal life, and and how we have that eternal life, he's he's written throughout as well as by faith in Jesus, by believing in in Jesus, Charlie said earlier, right? We don't have to clean ourselves up first. We we come to Jesus, and then in our relationship with Jesus, He transforms us, right? He He makes us increasingly new. The purpose, the goal of God for us is to be transformed into the image of Jesus, right? And that's we're not going to do that on our own, ever ever, right? Like none of us are ever gonna be like, okay, I'm measuring up to Jesus, like I'm living it out. No, no, no. We need him to do that for us. Right? He, he does that, that for us. And so John wants us to know, he wants you to know today without question that we can have present tense, live in eternal, abundant, full, thriving life with him we can know that, and that's known by believing in Jesus. Now, there's a difference, right, in, in, in believing and believing. You're like, okay, that made no sense, right? But, but the Bible says throughout that the demons believe in Jesus. Right? James says the demons believe and they shudder, right? You see the Jesus approach the demon-possessed, and the demons speak out to Jesus, and they're like, hey, what do you have to do with us, Jesus, son of the most high God, right? The demons know. They, they, they believed, this, this dude's the dude. This, this guy's the Messiah. Jesus is the king. And yet no one would be like, oh, hey, the demons are enjoying a, eternal life with God. Right? There, there's a difference, right? There's a difference in believing and, and believing. The, the Bible says that we are saved, we are given eternal life when we believe, trust, surrender, control, and trust that Jesus will accomplish everything for us. Where we stop trying to bring anything to the table, we stop trying to earn it on our own, and we just let go and trust that Jesus will give us that life. We surrender our ways to him. So what's the message that we believe of Jesus? We say this every Sunday at some point in the sermon. The message of the good news of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is that we were created to live in a relationship with God. That is our purpose. That that is why I believe we exist, is to live eternally in a relationship with God, knowing him, walking with him, right? Genesis one and two, that that Eden, that time where Adam and Eve, they walked with God, they had a relationship with him. That's, That's what we are created for. Is to have this relationship with him, but, but God is holy, God is pure, God is light. And if darkness mixes with holiness, it's no longer holy, right? If, if God is righteous, and something unrighteous mixes with it, well then the righteous is no longer righteous. And so God's expectation for you and for me to be in relationship with him is to match him in righteousness is to be holy as he is holy, is to be without sin as he is without sin, which creates the problem for us, right? We all know, religious or not, we all know I'm not perfect. Call it whatever we want, we all know if there's a standard of of, of perfection, I've fallen short, fair? Like, I can be a good person, but I know I'm not perfect. Well, the Bible calls that sin where we go our own way, where we stop fully trusting and following and loving God and instead we choose to go our own way. We saw it with Adam and Eve, God said, hey, trust me, don't eat of that tree. And they're like, no thanks. And they chose their own way. Right? They went the opposite way from God. They created separation from God. They created spiritual death from God. That's what you see in Genesis 3 where, where they're removed from God's presence in the garden because they chose to go their own way. And the Bible says we have all followed suit. We've, we've all chosen to put ourselves first, to go our own way. And, and, and I've said this before, if me and Stephanie are going that way and I choose instead to go this way, are we still together? No, we've separated which is the problem of humanity. It's why we're searching for life because we've walked away from the source, the giver of life, God himself. And so the message of Jesus is that reconciliation, that restoration into eternal life, the message of the entire Bible. When you read Ezekiel or Hosea or Matthew or Philippians, we're reading it through the lens of God's restoration of humanity back into relationship with him. The whole Bible points to that story, that message of how we are reunited into a relationship with God, how that separation is bridged. Well, for that to happen, we have to be holy again. God doesn't change his character. You and I have to now be holy, which as we said is our problem, we're we're not. And so Jesus, the song lyric said, stood in our place. Jesus, God himself, came to live that holy life that you and I could not live. He lived it as our representative. He stood in our place. But not only did he live the perfect life, he also suffered the punishment for our sins. Right, guilt must be punished. Guilt cannot go unpunished. And so Jesus stood in our place to suffer the punishment for our sins. And in his resurrection... He offers us that exchange. He'll take our record of debt, it's buried in the tomb, and he'll give us his record of righteousness so that now in the presence of God, in the eyes of God, we're seen as holy because Jesus is holy and he covers us with his record. We can be restored into a relationship with God. Believing is simply saying, all right, I'm all in, I trust that. I trust, I believe that's the only way I can be restored to a relationship with God, is by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus in my place. The Bible says he offers it to me. I'll take it, I'll accept it, I receive it. The life that follows is the life of a changed person that becomes more like Jesus, right? It's what what follows in response to faith. Real faith results in a life following Jesus. And that's what John is saying. This is how we have, we know we have eternal life. Do you believe the message of Jesus today? I've told my story many times when I was seven, I prayed this prayer and I asked Jesus into my heart and I was always afraid that what if I prayed that prayer wrong, right? What if I did the actions wrong? What if I I didn't do the confession right? What if I didn't ask it right? Or, or, Or what if this is my sins or evidence that it wasn't sincere and it wasn't real. And so from seven to 15, and I'm sure others have done the same. I probably prayed that prayer up 10,000 times, right? Anyone else ever raised in that? We are like, okay, let me, God, just in case, one more time, right? Let me, let me, let me, God, I believe in you. I love you. I accept you. Forgive my sins. Okay. Whew. 24 hours later. Oh my gosh, but that was kind of rushed. I went, I wasn't sincere enough. Let me, anybody else there? And then when I was 15, it clicked. And it, it has nothing to do with my prayer. It has nothing to do if it was fast or short or sincere or if I was humble or repentant enough. It has everything to do with, do I just believe that Jesus forgives my sins and makes me, do I just believe him? If I believe Jesus, like in my soul, then I am saved by his work, not by mine. It's not about my prayer, it's about my faith. Do I trust him? And I mean, I can say I've never I've had many doubts. I talked about that last week. Many questions in my faith, but I've never questioned if I'm saved. Either this is all just false, or, or I'm, I'm saved. Like, that's it. And I, and I believe that Jesus saves me. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Not are you a good enough person? Have you stopped sinning? Have you got past this obstacle? Are you where you wanna be? Come on, we're never gonna, we're never gonna get there. There's always work to be done, right? Right? Let's cut ourselves some slack a little bit. Do you believe the message of Jesus? Then you can know that you have eternal life because it's not up to you. It's not on your shoulders or your effort or your ability to correct your behavior. John wants us to know that, that we have eternal life. Now, if the goal was just for us to have heaven one day, then John can stop writing. No point in having anything else, right? Do your thing, whatever. Heaven, eternal life. It's just heaven. If it's just one day, gosh, we can take out a good chunk of the New Testament. But God's desire is for us to have eternal life today and through all of eternity. That that today, we can have abundant life in his presence and tomorrow... It can be more than today, and Tuesday more than Monday, and Wednesday more than Tuesday, and for all of eternity, we can increase in the joy of knowing him and walking in his presence. That's not just for there and then, it's also for here and now. And so John gives us these promises, these assurances, this confidence that we can have today in knowing Jesus, in having eternal life. And so he says, this is the confidence that we have toward him, toward Jesus, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. If, if, your, relation, if your faith is in Jesus, if you have eternal life but by Jesus alone, then we can ask anything and if what we ask is in his will, it's ours. The answer is yes. Right, that, that's... That's what John tells us, and I'm gonna be, I already said this, that to me is challenging. Right, that's, that, that's, that's hard for me to wrap my head around because there's many times I'm like, oh, this, is, this is in God's will, why is it not, why is it not happening? Right, and so a couple, couple notes on this, right, timing. How many times if you're a parent or you've had a parent, which I'm pretty certain is all of us, right? Um, how many times have you had some type of parent figure, someone that, that you ask, And their answer is yes, but it's not immediate, right? That happens, sure, yes, of course, you know? But there's perhaps some growth that has to happen. There's perhaps some evidence that has to be shown, right? The answer is yes, but it's just not not yet, right? Like, God is our Father, and sometimes His timing is different than our timing, right? So it's not that it's a no, it's just His timing is different. It's not yet. So we have to accept that. We also have to accept again, let's go back to the parent thing. How many times have you, as a kid or as a parent having kids, has there been a request that in the child's mind should be a yes, right? Come on, every parent is like, oh my, every request? (laughs) Like, I think that's every time they ask for something. In their mind, they're like, what's the problem here? What are we missing? You know, and, and let's be honest, as, as adults, you know you've been there too. Where you're like, yeah, they, just t- they still missed it. They still got it wrong. You know, like, but sometimes, I'm just saying this, sometimes every child here, mm-hmm, yeah, oh, yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm locking eyes down here. Sometimes the parents actually know better. Come on, Come on preach. We gotta amen. Robert, revival's breaking out, right? Like, <laughs> Come on. Sometimes the parents actually know the better answer. Like they've lived, I don't know, 20 or 30 more years than you. They've lived a little more life. They've seen that, no, no, it's going to be okay. Middle school's awkward for everybody, right? Like it's we're going to make it type thing, right? Like, so so some of these notes on prayer, right, is is that a lot of times we take a verse like this and we're like, okay, God let me cut this up and let me hand it to you on the backside of this note, notebook paper is what I'm asking here. It should, this should all work out, right? Okay, sometimes God's timing is different and sometimes we, we think we're asking according to his will and, and perhaps we're maybe not. I know, shocker, like wild. Perhaps we're not. But the promise of God is that when we ask according to his will, his answer is Yes. There's a freedom to ask, right? The, the, if you're like, okay, well, what's God's will? Ask, ask away, ask, ask, and ask some more. Look, here's the deal, if, if God knows everything, he knows anyways, let's just ask him. Let's just throw it out there and ask. And in our asking, we see his response and we start to learn his, his will, right? Anybody who's been together with someone for, let's just say a year plus, you you start to know them more by asking questions about their life, by learning their preferences and their likes, right, like here's what, here's the, I always know the answer to this question. Stephanie, do you want me to rub your feet? I know the answer, I know the answer. 10 times out of 10, What is that answer? Yes, 100%, right, right, so those are things that as I ask questions, I learn her will, and that question's a big old yes every time, right, so, Stephanie, do you, I, I, I'm going to stop. <laughs> my, my, my brain's running down things and it's like, okay, this is, there's plenty of other questions I could ask that aren't a yes every time, right? So <laughs> Charlie's like, okay, cut it, time, kill. <laughs> Sometimes you just walk down a road and you're like, that was not a good idea. Let's throw this thing in reverse. But you learn about somebody when you ask questions. You start to learn their preferences, their likes, their wills, right? So the more we just ask God, and we hear his response, we're gonna learn more about his will. We know next time, okay, that that was not his will, or yes, this is, and we, so ask, ask him. Just just put it out there and ask. One of my favorite um, instances of Jesus is him asking and getting told no by the Father, right? Father, if there's any way let this cup pass. Right? I don't want to do the cross. Right? He knew, he knew what was coming. Up. God, if there, Father, if there's any way, let this cup pass. Nevertheless, how did he end it? Your will be done, not mine. And the will of the Father was not for the cup to pass. Right? And, and so he the will of God, when we ask, it's a yes. It's a yes. Another way we know his will is we can read. We, can, th- th- we, we believe that these are God's, this isn't just a book. It's not just something, and, and this is why, I mean, I'd encourage you, bring a Bible with you, right? Because, because sometimes we need to read around it and not just one verse, and I think we typically just have one verse at a time up there, right? So, so bring it, re- this is God's, this is his message to us. Right? This is his words given to us. Right. If if I send you a text message, and you, you read it, you're reading a message from who? From me. An actual message. From, like I maybe didn't audibly say it, but but I sent you a message. This is God's message to us. It's His words given to us. It just predated text messaging. Right. But it's the same kind, he's giving us his word so we can know who he is, we can learn his will. How many times has a relationship just developed just from, you know, texting or writing letters, right? We get to know people the more we read about their will. And so we read and we read some of his will, right? In Luke 10, he tells us to pray for laborers, pray for, for people who will come and to be faithful to spread the good news of Jesus. He tells us in the Lord's Prayer to ask for our daily needs to be met. Or he tells us in Luke 7 to pray for those who persecute us, right? to pray for their blessing and, and their favor. In James 1, he tells us to pray and ask for wisdom, right? So we can start to learn right, okay, this is God's will for us. This this is what he desires for us. We can ask. If we ask in the will of God, he hears us, and his answer is yes. The next thing we can see when it comes to a confidence in Jesus in this life is that when we see a brother committing a sin not leading to death, He shall ask, we shall ask, and God will give him life. To those who commit sins that do not lead to death, there is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. John tells us to pray for brothers and sisters in Christ who are committing sin that doesn't lead to death and God will give them life. God will show grace and mercy and will bring them out of that season of sin. Again, timing. Can't guarantee a timing on that, right? Every parent knows. Sometimes you got to let your kids fall on their face, right? Sometimes you got to let them skin their knee so that they can learn not to do whatever it was that, right? So they can learn how to, to grow past that. So timing, again, right? Like, I, I don't know God's timing all of it, but God's promise is that He will bring them through that. Now, when we read this, there's some confusing, <laughs> there's some confusing statements in here. Like, is there sin that leads to life? Right? Right? Good. So, we, there's some confusing part of it. What, what is He talking about a, committing a sin not leading to death? There is sin that leads to death. It, it's, it's a little confusing. So, we. We know that he's not talking just by by context. He's not talking about a sin that that leads to physical death, right? He's not talking about like murder or or something like that, right? He's he's talking about not committing a sin that leads to eternal death, eternal separation from God. But John is saying that there is sin that will lead to eternal death, eternal separation from God. In Mark chapter three, uh, Jesus talks about the eternal unforgivable sin, blasphemy of the spirit, Right, this sin that's committed that, that leads to eternal death, that leads to eternal separation from, from God. This is, this is one I've often been like, what, what is that? Because that's terrifying, right? Like 1 John 1, it says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If, you, if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive it. So blasphemy of the spirit, the unpardonable sin, is a sin that will never have confession. It's, it's a sin of a hardened and steadfast spirit that will never confess or submit to Jesus. The sin that leads to death is the willingness and resolved redec- rejection of Jesus. I refuse to ever believe in him. I will never trust in him. I will never submit my life to him. It's a hardened heart. There's a point of of no return where their hearts are so hardened that confession of sin will will never come. Now, I've often been afraid and others have been afraid, like, okay, what if I've, what if I've committed that sin? What if I have blasphemed against the Holy Spirit, right? What if it ha- I was really mad last week, right? What if, what if that was when? Or what if when I was younger? Man, I was, just, I was just a mess. And here's what I would say. If you're asking that question, then there's a concern in you, and thus you have not committed the sin. The person who has committed this sin doesn't care. Sure, I'll blaspheme the Spirit again. Whatever. I don't I don't care. There's a hardness of heart that said person will will never care if they've committed this sin. Right? Where there's an eternal rejection of yeah, I don't care. My heart is hardened. Rejected God and and you can say what you want, I'll blaspheme the spirit, whatever. Because there's such unbelief. So if there's even a concern, a hesitation, what if, I would venture to say, well, yeah, you haven't committed that sin because there is a care, there is a concern. If there's no concern, that's when I would, I would wonder. Again, it's hard to know. It's hard for us to know, but that's what, that's what the, the sin that, that leads to death is, is a resolved, willing rejection of Jesus. I refuse to ever believe in him. I refuse to ever submit my life to him. Oh, am I blaspheming the spirit? Sure, whatever, I don't care. And a repeated hardening of the heart that says someone can be so far gone they'll never, they'll never confess their sins. But God promises if we do confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive. And so if someone's confessing their sins, then they also haven't committed the sin that leads to death. Now, I wonder, it's like, okay, John, why do we put this here? Because that's not his point. His point, it's just, it's, it's phrases that we read it and we're like, what? what? What do we do with that? But his point is praying for brothers and sisters, praying for fellow believers in Jesus who have committed sin. Asking God for grace and for mercy and, and, and doing something. It is not okay for us to see someone in sin and to sit by idly it is not okay for us to see someone in sin and just to let it go. At a minimum, we are to pray for them. We are to ask God for grace. Now, this, this may seem a little bit like, oh, is this like belittling sin? And it's not at all. I mean, John says all wrongdoing is sin. And, and I would go so far to say that if you are a believer of Jesus, if you're a Christian, that it's our sin that grieves him more than others. Right, that, That our sin, we can grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We can hurt God's heart. And and you and I all know it's those closest to us that hurt us the deepest. No one else has the access to wound us as deeply as those closest to us. So John's not belittling the sin of a brother or a sister in Christ, right? He he says man, all wrongdoing is sin. He's just encouraging us to pray for one another who are in sin, because it grieves the spirit of God. It it grieves God's heart. And it, it leads us into the will of the enemy, which is steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah, perhaps our eternal life is secure, but Satan still wants to ruin your life. Still wants to destroy your life. And so we pray for one another. We ask for God, and God is gracious and promises that he will give mercy now, in case we're also thinking like, good, this, this means I don't have to confront anybody. I can just pray from a distance. Um, we don't get to accept 1 John 5 and not accept Galatians 6, um, which says when we see a brother in sin, we are to gently confront and correct. Right, so we don't get to, yeah, I'll take 1 John, but not Galatians. John just doesn't mention it here, but Paul does in Galatians, so we're still called, we don't get to sit by passively, y'all. If we see somebody in sin, We don't get to sit by and be like, oh, yeah, they'll figure it out. No, we pray for them. We gently confront. We walk with them into the eternal life that Jesus came that they would have. So, the confidence we have in Jesus, the life we have, is that when we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and he grants it. And when we ask for a brother or sister who's in sin, we ask for grace and mercy. God, by his grace or mercy, will rescue them from that sin. I can't tell you the timing. I can't tell you the method necessarily, but the promise of God is that the day will come when they repent of that sin and they walk away. Again, I don't know the timing. These are things I'm like, okay, God, I don't fully understand this, but, but this is what you tell us. And the confidence we have even more so than our praying is the next verse, verse 18 and 19. We know that everyone who has been born of God, every brother and sister in Christ, does not keep on sinning, But he who was born of God, talking about Jesus, protects him. And the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. We're invited to pray for one another. And God's answer is yes. He will bring life. He will restore life to that person who's walking away. But the confidence even greater than our prayers is that Jesus, our big brother, is watching out and protecting those who are his. That the the world, those who don't know Jesus, are are in the grips of the devil and under his rule and his tyranny, right? But, But those who know Jesus have been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the beloved son. And Jesus, the Bible says, is our big brother, Right, he's the, the firstborn of all creation. He is watching out for us, looking out for us, actively protecting us. I, 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 was, I saw this, this reel the other day on the, on the Instagram. I, everybody laughs. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. 21 billion reels. 21 billion reels that's it, that's it. I'm on number <laughs> 19, eight, whatever. So I, like, I don't do social medias, but I found reels not long ago and they're great. <laughs> There's, so... Uh, you know, I saw this reel and I guess the mom was like, this is gonna be awesome, let me film it, right? And so her, her son had put on the Spider-Man costume and was like going out the, the front door on a mission. And, and so she follows him out and she's like, what are you doing? And, and she's kind of panning back and forth because they're across the street from this park. And, and across the street is this other like boy playing with his sister, but he interpreted that other boy as like picking on his sister. And so he put, he put on his costume, and he's going across the street, and she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to hurt him. And she's like, no, it's okay, Like, he's not hurting your sister. But this dude is like, you don't mess with my sister, I will go and hurt you. Like, I will, I will cut you, man. Um, and it was, just this, it was just this really cute video of like, no, you don't mess with, with, like big brother can mess with siblings, but no one else messes with the siblings, right? And, and we get that from a human perspective, this protectiveness, like this is my family, dude. I can talk bad about my family, but you, no, we will fight over this, right? Like, and, and Jesus, the Bible says, is our big brother who's actively engaged in our lives and protecting us by the power of his spirit. Now, I'm gonna be honest, this part's hard for me. Like, it's hard for me. Because there's a lot of things in my life that I'm like, I feel like he would've like, stopped that. You know? And again, this is where now I'm looking through my human lens. And I have to admit and accept that my human lens, like as smart as I am, hits brain fatigue, right? I, there's, a, there's a limit, right? The smartest of our scientists and telescopes haven't even seen the end of the galaxy. There's just more that shows up all the time, right? There's new discoveries all the time. Like we, we don't know it all. And so there's parts of me that's like, see, see, you see, God. You say that you're protecting me. You say that you're my shepherd. You say that you're leading me. You say that goodness and mercy follow me all the day of my life. You say that, right through the valley of the shadow, of the, like, but, but you see, God, this doesn't make sense to me. And it's it's tough in the in the throw of it, right in the middle of the darkness. That's a like, I'm not I'm not going to belittle that struggle. That is brutal. And sometimes it just does not make sense to me at all. And I also think that because of my Western American, like just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you can do everything, you don't need any help from anybody mentality, that, that I also, I don't lean into the protection of him very much, right? I, I, I try to handle everything on my own and so I fail to see that he's protecting me because I don't, I don't, look, I don't look to him as my protector. I can take care of it myself. I can figure it out. Like that's probably the the motto half the time in my mind, I'll figure it out. What if he wants to figure it out for me? But a lot of times I don't let him because I'm like, I got this. I'm smart, I'm resourceful, I can figure it out. I, I, I don't fully understand it. I just know what the Bible says and it says that Jesus protects me and the evil one does not touch me. And the same for you that for those who have eternal life in Jesus, you have a protector. And I don't always know what that's gonna look like. And sometimes it doesn't feel like protection at all. But if we can, if we in our human minds can even grasp that sometimes I've gotta let my son fall off his bike and skin his knee so he can learn that he can do this. It's not a far leap to go, okay, it's possible this God sees something I don't see. It's possible that there is a good through what I would think should be the protection point. Does that make sense? So I'm just, I I struggle with it. I struggle with it. Fear gets me sometimes. Grips my 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 mind and I I run down these rabbit holes and I know the right answer. Okay, Jesus is with me, He's protecting me, He's my shepherd, but I'm like, but what if? And then the what ifs take me down a trail. That's a work in progress, but this is what it says. That I I don't lie in the power of the evil one, I lie in the power of the risen Savior. He protects me. He'll protect any one of us who are in him, who've believed in him. It's the confidence, the assurance that we get in Jesus. Not for just one day, there and then, but for today, here and now. Eternal life is here and now. It's knowing Jesus. And then John ends it and he says, We know that the Son of God has come and has given given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true, in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. It's a funny ending in my mind. Verse 21, right? Anyone else, you're like, okay, you know. But he's like, man, Jesus has come that we would know him. Right? We, historically, Jesus has come. That's not up for debate. Like that's, that's not up for question. What do we believe of Jesus? Do we believe that he is the son of God? Do we believe that he is God who has come to live in our place, to die in our place, and has ascended to heaven alive today so that we may have life in him, not just for there and then, but for today that we could ask anything of our Father and if it's in his will, it's a yes. That when we pray for one another, God will hear our requests and will bring life, will bring relief to that person. That Jesus is protecting us, walking with us and leading us. Jesus came that we have life and have it abundantly. That's not just for heaven, that's also for here and today. Will we trust him and walk in that? Will we keep ourselves away from idols that are meant to steal, kill, and destroy? He is the source and the path of life. And John wants us to trust him and to live in that life. That's First John. That we would know life in Jesus eternal life, today, tomorrow, and for eternity. Thanks for tuning in to the Austin Life Church podcast. To help support us, please take a second to rate and review us on iTunes and visit us at austinlifechurch.com.